is a safe place to live. Hello lovely listeners. Welcome to another episode of Not Just Tentacles, where I, Rachel, attempt to demystify anime. There are two tried and tested methods for finding out which anime you're going to watch next. You can do research, you can go online and find out what are the top shows right now, what are people reviewing and talking about. Or alternatively, you can just bung something into the Funimation or Crunchyroll search engine and go that way. Today's episode was found using a method number two. I put the word dragon into the Funimation search engine because this is a lesser known fact about me, people. I adore dragons. I had a dragon as my imaginary friend as a kid. I had a cuddly toy dragon called Puff. Rather unoriginal, I know. And I would even eat food based on whether or not it had a dragon on the front because this was why Ready Breck was my favourite cereal or porridge or whatever it is for years. And I would always nag mum to buy blue dragon food from the supermarket for the same reason. So... My love of dragons is well documented. So I put the word dragon in and saw what came up. And yeah, when I saw one that said dragon goes house hunting, my interest was piqued. And I'll admit, I am not normally a fan of house hunting because it just reminds me of all those shows on, say, ITV, where you have these posh board couples going around various mansions in far-flung places and then going after about an hour oh we don't want any of these and you think you just wanted a free holiday didn't you you bastards but but no the idea of a dragon house hunting was novel and I thought worth checking out So, what is the story of Dragon Goes House Hunting? Our titular dragon, Letty, has been kicked out of home for failing to live up to dragonly expectations. He was minding an egg and it got stolen by a hunter. So, his parents chuck him out, which seems like an overreaction, but I suppose if they've lost one of their kids, then okay, maybe not so much. And trouble is, Letty really is not equipped to survive on his own because he's weak, he's timid, he's cowardly, he can't breathe fire, he can't fly, he can't do anything really, poor thing. And he keeps running in the first episode into people that just don't have his best interests at heart. Because he wants to find a nice, safe place to live while they just see him as furniture or a trophy. Luckily, he meets Deria, who is an elvish architect stroke estate agent realtor, depending on which version of English you use. And um, Deria rises to the challenge. He wants to help him find a home because he's apparently done this before, but more on that later. And so that's when their epic house hunting quest begins. So if it was just them 
going from one house to the next and I imagine that it will get a bit samey and dull after a while but there's a lot more going on and there's the relationship between them and um, their other friends that they acquire along the way which makes this a very special feel-good anime quite like other ones because it's not in a magic school it's not assassins it's not the usual anime stuff and in fact one thing that I really like about this in fact the main thing I like is that it turns your standard RPG setting on its head because normally if you're playing an RPG well this is what I assume because I'm not really into World of Warcraft and that kind of thing. You are the mage or the paladin or the knight and you're going around slaying all the fairy tale creatures. Well, here, this is from the perspective of those fairy tale creatures. And the heroes are definitely in inverted commas indeed. Probably the best gag in the show is this bunch of jerks that keep popping up. And indeed, that's how Letty and Deria first meet, because Deria rescues him from them. They're led by a guy called Eric, and they're all very gung-ho and vainglorious. It's clear that they're in the hero gig not to help people, but simply for their own prestige and for their own egos. And they're just crappy people, basically. I just love it. I, I love this topsy-turviness. I love how it um, portrays the creatures. Like on another occasion, for instance, um, we run into some leprechauns that have lost their home thanks to a hero stomping all over it. And it's just nice looking at it from this angle. And it just keeps it fresh. I just really liked it. Just all these creatures that don't normally get a voice in these stories. And indeed, they did do some deep dig... <laughs> they did do some deep digging when they were looking for the um, fantasy creatures here. They didn't just think, oh, yeah, we're going to use the ones everybody knows from Lord of the Rings, like orcs or dwarves. That They dug out some really obscure ones. Like, um, oh God, I can't even begin to pronounce this. Um, Deria's mentor, when he's younger, is an enormous serpent that, that, that's based on actual mythology. Um, Pip, the bird that imprints on Letty, he is another um, mythological beast. He's a, a bird with, a again, an equally unpronounceable name. You know how obscure the creature is if you can't say its name and it looks like an accident on a Scrabble board, basically. And I, I just loved that. Oh, and, um, and for the furries out there, because I know that you exist, there is a big buff horse guy called Steve, of all the <laughs> banal names, because I know for a fact that when it was first dropping on Funimation last year, the topic on everybody's lips is, when is the hunky horse going to be in? <laughs> yeah, this is what this show does to people. So, what do I love about it? Well, we've already mentioned the premise and the whole concept. The characters. This is 
of necessity a character-driven anime. Letty, I mean, I am biased with my love of dragons, but he is just... I love him for being an old-school anti-hero, and I don't mean the gravelly maverick type that you see everywhere now. The fact that he's ordinary and klutzy and shy and he makes mistakes and can't say boo to his own shadow. I like all of that. And the fact that he's developing and changing all the time. That towards the end of the series, he's become... I wouldn't say he was self-absorbed exactly, but just that he didn't think he wasn't aware, which is what led to the egg getting stolen. But once he has Pip... And he starts thinking about other people and having somebody else to, to look out for. Then he definitely grows as a person. And again, when um, Nell comes on the scene and he helps her too. And there is definite growth because even if they never make another episode, which I hope to God they do because I enjoyed this show so much, you can definitely see a plot arc and a character arc there. There is growth there. And I love the fact that the show didn't go with the easy route of making him look like some cute, cuddly, chibi dragon. Lenny looks fucking intimidating. He's massive. He's bright red. He's got humongous horns. So if you didn't know better, you would look at him and think, oh God, this thing's going to rip my head off. And then he opens his mouth and out comes this high-pitched, naive kid's voice. And it's due to his appearance, well, and him being a dragon, obviously, that leads to the misunderstanding that drives much of the plot because Deria is quite happily barbecuing everybody they encounter. Everybody naturally thinks it's Letty doing it, which means that he ends up gaining in this infamous and wholly undeserved reputation as the Flame Dragon King. I mean, he becomes um, an icon for the creatures because at one point, um, Deria does find them a house and then all the fairy tale creatures move in and see him as being their guardian and poor Letty cracks under the pressure because he knows he's not a flame dragon king. So he's revered by the, the creatures but feared by the humans who put a price on his head, particularly later when they believe that he's kidnapped now. Deria is our deuteragonist and no less important. I mean, he is a bit of an either-or character because some people might find him cold and um, his habit of leaving Letty in dangerous situations, they might think, you're not much of a friend, are you? But I do think that his tough love approach works. Like on the occasions where he does it, um, Letty finds Pip and looks after him. And um, again, when he gets kidnapped and Deria takes his own sweet time finding him, he winds up in this amphitheatre um, where he's um, working with a circus. And um, <laughs> then... Um, then the person that owns the circus dies and the new owner wants to have them all euthanized, which, ee, and you think, how the heck are they going to get out of this one? But fortunately, they do. Although 
via the medium of Letty going around with a giant box on top of him, which is just as preposterous as you'll think. So, and again, we see through flashbacks how Deria has changed over the years and how he and Letty really aren't that different because he originally helped another dragon called Varney and Varney is only in it for about an episode and a half but he is a force of nature he is everything that Letty is not he's this big boisterous gangster talking dragon in fact in a really good casting gag they have the same actor that plays um, Tatsu in um, The Way of the House Husband and um, Overhaul in MHA play him so yeah, he talks like a gangster. And you, he spends his time sort of smashing in doors and just <laughs> roasting people, quite literally. And you initially think, oh, he's just a thug. But as time goes on, you see that it does all have a purpose, that he does genuinely care about the creatures. And um, he also wants to settle down and have a family, but Nobody's going to be interested in him if he doesn't have his own home. So this is why he needs Daria's help. And this causes Daria to realise that he spent his whole life with his nose in a book. That he knows nothing out about the outside world. And he learns through Varney. And it's why now he is the person he is. Because this is my thing that I love about Daria. He is also the Dark Lord of the setting but he is not in the least bit interested in it because he got the title quite by accident he won it in a lottery while he was down the library (laughs) this is again the sort of thing that i love about this show that it just throws in all these whimsical little touches and it's just what stops it from being kind of like a I have to admit, I'm not a fan of fantasy unless it's funny and this luckily is and this brings us on to the humour. I really enjoy the humour of this. I mean, as well as making fun of the whole the whole RPG fantasy setup, you've just got all these little sight gags and nice little moments. And like, for instance, um. Letty has to find a job. So you've got him being a concierge at a hotel and everybody looking at him and just taking one look and going, ah, running off. Poor thing. And yet he looks adorable in his little concierge hat. And, And some people feel like the constant references to gaming weaken it. I don't. I really enjoyed them. Like, um, when they're going around a dungeon and it is like something out of Super Mario or another old school um, arcade game. And they've got um, replica chests that eat people. And um, when people are talking about their stats and I I just thought all of that was great. I mean, I'm possibly showing my age as a millennial that I'm nostalgic about things like that. And yeah, the, the whole show... You either get it or you don't. Because this is something that I have to admit slightly upset me when I was looking it up on IMDb because I thought it was a blast. But it has a rating of only like 5.8 or something, which is just feeble. Particularly when you compare it to stuff like 
Tokyo Ghoul, which sucks, and yet that's got a seven. I mean, God knows how. I mean, I would recommend this to anybody that's like, I want a nice, gentle anime that doesn't have any weird stuff, that doesn't have nudity or... Okay, there's maybe one instance of nudity, but it it doesn't have the kind of creepy stuff, like all the incesty, bloody, gutty things, or hentai. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't have the tentacly elements that put people off. If you wanted to introduce a kid to anime, this would be a good place to start. I mean, they're swearing, but it's nothing that they wouldn't have heard before. The sort of thing that you would get in a PG-rated film. And it's got a terrific soundtrack. It's a rare soundtrack that I actually went to the trouble to buy. It does a great job of um, pastiching an RPG game. So, um, for instance, um, when you've got them staying in the haunted house, which is one of the many places that they look at and then decide against it is pure 1980s type stuff it's brilliant i love it and um the heroes have their own music which is as aggravating and brassy and over the top as them and um the the music one deria rescues letty again it's it's epic, it's stirring, and even the little um, eye-catches, you know, when you've got um, uh, the, and now we're back from the break with a, a picture of something or other up on the screen, those are two catchy, memorable little tunes that I, I even now find myself humming, so even the soundtrack, I don't know why I'm saying even, because I think that soundtracks are often uh, an overlooked but vital part of an anime because you, music can provide much of the feels without anybody saying anything. Just have visuals and music. Oh, and the visuals too. I personally love the way that this looks. I think they did a smashing job in conveying this lustrous fantasy landscape of all these creatures from various mythologies intermingling i mean it's got if you had to pick where is this meant to be set it's in i suppose standard medieval fantasy kingdom but that they did put a lot of care and detail into the way that this looks like um castles and um You've got snowscapes and you've got forests and you've got volcanoes and underwater settings and at one point um, the belly of a whale. So all of this, I think, is fantastically conveyed. I mean, oddly enough, there are times when Deria's animation is not all it could be. Like, um, he looks like you're... Tolkien elf so he's beautiful he's got long flowing tresses and robes but every now and then you can kind of see his eyebrows through his hair but it's a really really minor nitpick because otherwise I think that this is a a stunning anime and 
even the times when they throw in all the obviously anime like type tropes like um backgrounds with hearts on or flowers or spots you don't mind i i just thought all of it looked great i didn't have a problem with any of that so what didn't i like about it i feel bad saying this because i liked so much else about it and this is really minor in comparison with other shows which far worse offenders but I didn't like the lack of decent female characters because for the first however so many episodes the only important female characters are the Grey sisters who are um, a trio of crones obviously based on the fates that they go and um, get supplies from and uh, they indulge in that thing I really don't like in anime where if a woman is over a certain age and not attractive, that they make her a joke. Like if she flirts with a man, that makes her disgusting. And as somebody that's in my 30s and not particularly conventionally attractive, I think great when am I gonna cross this milestone when am I gonna suddenly become the hideous old lady that everybody laughs at I mean my favorite female character in the whole of this show is Deeria's mentor who manages to somehow be supremely intelligent and a ditz because um, she has no idea that she is the one that's accidentally trashing Deeria's hut every morning and when she does realise this they come to the compromise of building it on top of her head so she is a great character love her to bits and she wasn't female in the manga and possibly this is why maybe somebody looked at it and thought oh we, we don't have many good female parts here let's gender switch this one but because she is a humongous mythical serpent you can't really look at her and go yeah that's female rep which brings us to princess nell i am not a fan i feel really ugh about her she just feels like queenie and black adam she just insults everybody, particularly Letty. Like, she calls him a drummox, which is a cross between a dragon and a lummox. And it wasn't funny the first time she did it, but she keeps on doing it. And when, when she does this, you just think, just leave her. Just say, make your own way home, bitch. So she's run away from home because her dad ate her cupcake to demonstrate what a spoiled brat she is and yeah the, the whole the whole climax is to do with the king thinking that she's being kidnapped by the flame dragon king and they have to fend them off i mean it all works out in the end but nonetheless you just think it's better without her we would rather have letty and deria and yet this is the thing I'm not proud of, guys. I ship the heck out of Letty and Deeria, which is possibly a bit sus because Letty, as far as I can tell, is in his late teens and Deeria is thousands of years old. But there are just 
moments between them that just feel romantic. Like you, you, that you do get Letty looking at him in adoration, and you're seeing kind of like hearts with arrows and things. And um, there, there's one point when they're visiting the Greys, when there's this door that if you take too long to open it, it'll start reciting embarrassing things about you. And then it starts declaiming this poem that he's written about a secret crush. And he's mortified and just glancing at Daria. And Daria's kind of going, eh? back at him. And you think, is it about Daria? And um, there's another instance um, when he has a dream that Daria's semi-naked in it. And Letty's like, I can't take well from anything else just scales and you're like what i mean okay everybody else in the cast turns up then including the heroes but you think why is he dreaming about a naked daria and just other moments too with all the i mean daria is quite touchy-feely and head patty and um i just feel that if they were either a girl and a guy or even two men two human men that you would think this is a romantic relationship. I mean, I don't know whether they could actually hook up. I mean, how can you consummate it if you are a dragon and an elf? But I suppose Daria's got magic. So anyway, sorry for taking people's brains down that avenue that they probably never wanted to go. Right, um, so um, now that I've gone on to um, interspecies shipping, it's probably time to go. So, <laughs> so um, until next time, love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can also follow us on social media. We are at Tentacles Not on Twitter and on Facebook. Our page is called Not Just Tentacles. Speak to you soon. Bye.